beyond politics and above religion, a moral authority exists known globally as the ageless wisdom. It is the study of consciousness, the mystery of awareness, which cannot be measured, yet will not be denied. Stay tuned as we explore consciousness, the fundamental nature of reality. Welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School with Michael Benner. Hello, friends and neighbors. Thanks for joining us for the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School this afternoon. We're here every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time with a program about self-awareness, about consciousness. And that really means a program about understanding. Understanding the world around you and understanding yourself. Situational awareness and self-awareness. That adds up to consciousness. And that's what we're all about at the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. I've got a couple of guests for you today, one from Zurich, Switzerland, and one from Colorado, right here in the U.S. of A. And uh, I'm going to tell you the topic and introduce these fellows in just a few minutes. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about the difference between conspiracy theory thinking and critical thinking. As I'm sure you know, conspiracy theories have been a growing problem especially in the last few decades with the dumbing down of society, the uh, undermining of education, the fact that fewer people are reading books. Reading is down by 25% in the last decade, which is a little scary if you think about it. But along with that is going the decline in critical thinking. This is rarely taught in school. And many people find the concept to be a little bit intimidating anyway. What does it mean to be a critical thinker? Well, I'd like to tell you my feelings about it, and I'll even draw an allegory for you. Basically, conspiracy theories are based on what is not known. It's a kind of a fill-in-the-blanks, or as the QAnon people like to say, connecting the dots. Well, When you connect the dots, all you have is a bunch of information that you have no evidence for. You have the dots, but anything in between is projection. It's imagination. It's a daydream, or more often than not, a nightmare. If we ask some significant number of people who had never seen constellations mapped out to lay on their back and look at the stars tonight and find patterns in those stars and make little drawings, it's not likely any two would agree. Nor would they come up with the constellations that we know of as the Big Dipper or Ursa Major or Cassiopeia or any of the others. It's just a random connecting the dots. And that's what the QAnon people do. They say, well, we're just asking questions. Well, if only that were true. Conspiracy theories are not based on questions. They're based on filling in the blanks when you don't have information and making the most tenuous of links and leaps of logic. Again, based on what is not known. Critical thinking, on the other hand, is a compilation of information that is based on what you do know. 
This is not unlike the scientific method which has been employed in science since the beginning of the Age of Reason several hundred years ago. The idea that with repeated, carefully controlled experimentation and observation, we can find known patterns, and we can make hypotheses and presumptions from what we do know, from what we recognize. It does remind me of an allegory that we can use that I I think it's a very similar idea. You'll find people commonly conflate instinct and intuition, as if there's no difference between the two. I would suggest, on the other hand, there's a very clear difference that instinct, which is experienced in the sacral or the root down at the base of the spine, is essentially what we do not know. It's fear-based, it's, oh no, run away, an animal-like herd mentality. Whereas intuition is experienced much higher in the heart chakra, in the upper solar plexus or heart area, and unlike instinct, in fact, you could argue quite the opposite, intuition is based on what we do know. It's a revelation, a clear understanding or insight may not be based on fact, but nevertheless, it arrives with a sense of confirmation, insight, and understanding that causes a lot of other pieces to come together into a whole pattern And many important scientific discoveries that were later validated through the scientific method occurred as intuition, not as instinct, not as, oh no, run away, but as as the higher frequency of intuition, oh boy, move toward this obvious answer. Well, in the same way that instinct and intuition are virtually polar opposites, Conspiracy theories and critical thinking are very opposite. I can give you another example if we go back to 9-11. There was a lot of talk in the years that followed about how 9-11 was an inside job. But nobody could really explain how in the nearly two decades that have gone by, nobody's come forward of the thousands, tens of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of people who would have been involved and would have had to keep the secret of the Bush-Cheney inside job. How come nobody ever came forward? And we never really had any evidence that this was a deliberate inside job to create a pretense for the war in Iraq and later Afghanistan. On the other hand, there were many critical thinkers who I would say are not suffering the delusion of some conspiracy theory, who nevertheless had important questions like, how did two airplanes bring down three steel frame skyscrapers? Each of the two World Trade Center buildings were hit by airplanes, steel frame buildings that pancaked and collapsed. But there was Building 7, also a steel framed building that collapsed and pancaked, just as if there were an implosion or demolition of the building. Two airplanes, three buildings. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's a question. A question that's never been answered satisfactorily. How does that happen? Never before or since in the history of the world 
as a steel-framed skyscraper simply fallen out of the sky, much less pancaked, you know, collapsed, bam, 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 as if in free fall. You can ask those questions as a critical thinker and not be part of some conspiracy theory. And so it is with the topic we're going to talk about today. There are a great number of conspiracy theories about 5G, the latest cell phone technology being rolled out today. But I dare say, I believe we can and must examine the concerns of people about this new extremely shortwave technology broadcasts on a millimeter frequency. Hundreds of thousands of transmitters around the world broadcasting on exceedingly high frequencies in which the bandwidth is so short, a millimeter or so, that it penetrates the body and affects the human body in some very unique ways. To ask the questions that we are going to ask in this next hour is part of critical thinking, not a conspiracy theory. And I want to make that clear. I think it's imperative that we talk about these topics without being slandered or smeared as conspiracy theorists. And that's my feeling. Just want to put that out there. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about 5G with a couple of anti-5G activists. And I'm telling you, they've got some information that is going to curl your hair. Stay with us. This is Michael Benner. You're listening to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School on KPFK in Los Angeles. And we will be right back after this. You will have the opportunity to vote in a referendum for 30 days starting June 7th to replace the Pacifica Foundation's bylaws with new bylaws proposed by a group of Pacifica members. If adopted, significant modifications will be made to the Foundation's governance structure affecting both the national and local station boards, including how you, as a listener sponsor, are represented and can participate. To assist you in navigating the complex issues, a graphics-based voter guide can be found on elections.pacifica.org alongside the text of the current and proposed bylaws. In order to be eligible to vote, check that your membership is up to date by verifying with your station that you have contributed $25 or performed three hours of volunteer work between April 8, 2020 and April 7, 2021. It's 90.7 FM KPFK in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM KPFK in Santa Barbara, 95.5 in Ridgecrest, China Lake, and online at kpfk.org. Welcome back to KPFK at 90.7 FM all over Southern California and streaming for the world at kpfk.org. As promised, we're going to do what I think is a real important radio program today about high technology communication, particularly the 5G controversy. I always thought of 5G as the next logical rollout after the fourth generation of cell phones. I was surprised in doing my research for this program that 5G technology has been around for 20 years or more. The idea of broadcasting 
on these extremely high uh, millimeter frequencies. And I'm going to avoid getting too technical today, but I do want to say up front that for those of you who can grasp this concept, just as shortening a guitar string by fretting the guitar string makes the guitar string shorter, vibrate faster, a radio signal, as it increases in its frequency, its wavelength gets shorter and shorter. FM radio, for example, the wavelength of our signal here at KPFK is roughly 30 inches. Uh, Down on the AM band, it could be 150 or 200 meters, very long wavelength. Uh, Cell phones, it gets much shorter, an inch or so in the old 800 megahertz band. And when you get up into these extremely high frequencies, you've probably noticed cell phones don't even have antennas that you pull out of the top. (laughs) Remember in the 90s, you had to pull a little stick out of the top of your, your cell phone. But now they're at such high frequencies and going higher and higher that the wavelength is extremely small into the area of roughly one millimeter. And the impact that that has on the human body is significant, especially on the skin and the eyes and human reproduction. And so while there are a lot of conspiracies and even QAnon silliness, that brings 5G to the attention of people, there is a need for a lot more science in this area. I can tell you, as somebody who's been around radio all my life, we're very conscious of RF in the space where we sit, of microwaves, and and the signal is coming off Mount Wilson at 110,000 watts. And we're always conscious. Amateur radio operators, I've done that. and We're always aware of the standing wave, how much of the signal is getting pushed back into the radio room. So this is not a new concern, but it's of greater concern as we move to ever higher frequencies. So I brought a couple of experts in today. David Goldberg is from Colorado, and Jose Cardoso is with us from Zurich, Switzerland this afternoon. And so, first of all, David, welcome to KPFK and thanks for being with us. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Great to be here. And just thank you for having both myself and Jose on the program today. Really appreciate it. Uh, Very important topic we're discussing. I guess you're asking me how I got into this and kind of went down this uh, rabbit hole like a lot of people have. Yeah, indeed. Let me first of all welcome Jose, though, from Zurich, and uh, must be evening where you are. How are you today, Jose? Hello, uh, Michael. Yeah, uh, it's uh, 8 p.m. here today. Uh, I'm fine, thank you. And uh, thank you for in- inviting me to this session. I'm very happy to, to be here and, and share my experience. Yeah, and I'm interested in uh, your experience not only as a technical guy, Jose, with your background in IT and maybe even more to the point telecommunications, but the fact that you've determined that you're sensitive to EMF, to electromagnetic frequencies, and 
I want to talk to you about that as well, uh, Jose. But yeah, David, let's start with you. And you're sort of a organizer and you just visited uh, Hawthorne, California for a big demonstration. So give us a little backstory on your involvement and then uh, segue right into that demonstration in Hawthorne, California at the, uh, uh, I want to say the Tesla headquarters, but it's not Tesla's, what was SpaceX, right? Yes. Go ahead, fill us in. It's right around a year ago, right when COVID started, I was doing a little bit of research, trying to find, you know, what's going on, what's causing this disease to come to the planet, and was handed a book called The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg, and it described the history of electricity being introduced on the planet and the effects it's had on people really since the beginning, especially when it started rolling out. Uh, as electricity as we know it and radar and throughout the last hundred or more years the incidence of disease on the planet has just been going up in basically every disease you can think of particularly the big three heart disease cancer diabetes diabetes wasn't even really on the planet much a hundred years ago was hardly written about but the book equates the effect of electricity and what we call EMFs, electromagnetic fields, on human beings and the increase in the incidence of disease. And that just led me to continue to investigate uh, the whole history and then right up through all of the cell phone uh, generations, to 1G all the way up through 5G, and just really started to research what was going on and and what I feel like is creating a, a huge imbalance on the planet right now and bringing continued disease to the planet. One of the things that has been somewhat overlooked by a lot of people, people know that there's 5G happening on the ground and there's going to be massive amounts of antennas but um, that I'm sure we'll get into later. But also up in the sky there is a very disturbing phenomenon happening, which is SpaceX, as you mentioned, and actually another uh, a number of other companies like Amazon and Facebook and a company called Telsat and OneWeb are all launching satellites to the tune of up to 50,000 or more satellites are expected to be launched into the Earth's magnetosphere over the next a number of years, and that is very disturbing. So right now, SpaceX, where we had the protest, they have uh, over 1,300 satellites launched. There are uh, a few thousand other satellites up there, and we've never had that kind of uh, density of satellites in our skies. So we decided to, that the an issue that very pressing is to address these satellites and make it known to people that uh, there are extreme dangers involved with having that population of satellites in our skies. Let me interrupt you, David. This is, uh, I, I, this is so amazing to me that I don't want it to slip by. 50,000 satellites, 50,000 
satellites. I just can't get my brain around that. Uh, that doesn't mean 50,000 rockets. What are they putting, 10 or 20 satellites on a single rocket? Do you have any idea how they get them up there? Yeah. Actually, Elon Musk figured out a way to send 60 at a time, and he's doing that for the most part twice a month. So his schedule is to send 120 up every month. And do you know the approximate elevation above the surface of the Earth? How high up are these satellites orbiting? They're all going to be different heights or, or distance from the planet, but Starlink satellites, which are, are the SpaceX satellites, are going to be the lowest, I believe, uh, right in the around 225 miles high, which is very low, as you, as you can imagine. Um, so that's going to require that number of satellites to blanket the Earth, and that's the plan, is to blanket the whole planet. Well, geosynchronous satellites... I think the GPS satellites, for example, and other certain satellites that stay relatively stationary above the planet are pretty far out. They're like 26,000 miles. And just for reference, I think the International Space Station is about 100 miles or 120 miles. You're talking about 200 miles. Relatively speaking, that is pretty close to the Earth. So... But the idea of a network or a matrix of satellites, of tens of thousands of satellites, and this is all for the Internet. I mean, part of it's appealing. That's what's so difficult about this. It's like there is a certain, oh, boy, uh, I can have Internet wherever I go, the middle of the desert, in Antarctica. I can get fast Internet speed, uh, uh, of the research that we can do, but at the same time, we are electrical beings. Exactly. I think Einstein made it clear matter is just a manifestation of energy and that everything is electrical. And the uh, people who listen to this show who are spiritually oriented, they use a word like spirit, but they're talking about energy. They're talking about electricity, being an electrical being, of light, that's that's all energy. And the planet has evolved in a certain, you use the word magnetosphere. There are magnetic fields, the Van Allen belt and such around the earth. And so when I look at a concern like honeybee colony collapse, for example, there's some indication that that may have to do with the cell phones we already have. And I was reading some research by a Dr. Martin Powell out of Washington State about reproduction. It could be a human colony collapse if we're not able to reproduce. And there just doesn't seem to be enough research. We, I've looked at the research. It's sadly lacking. What, what have you learned from the scientific research about uh EMF at this millimeter frequency level. Well, you're exactly right, Michael. The research done for the effects of 5G on the planet and from the satellites is pretty much zero. But the research that has been done uh, on the effects of EMFs on the planet has been huge 
people say, well, there's, where's the research to back it? There's been a tremendous amount of peer-reviewed studies. They, the most current estimate I heard of is 14,000 peer-reviewed studies of the effects of wireless radiation and EMFs uh, on the human body and on, on all of life, actually. One of those studies uh, was one of the most famous, was actually commissioned by the U.S. Navy back in 1972 by Zori Glazer. And he had over 2,000 studies which showed the effects of EMFs on, on human beings. Basically, most of this research has been ignored, and that is just plain wrong. It really needs to be re-looked at with new eyes. We, we have known about these effects for a long time now, and they are real. And you mentioned two of the biggest threats to the planet right now, the, the collapse of the bees. And Einstein said, once the bees go within three years, that's the end of civilization. And the decrease in our reproductive and, in, in, you know, men's sperm count over the last 22 years has gone down 58%. And they're saying within another 20 or 30 years, it'll be, it'll be gone completely. Alarm bells should be going off like crazy now, and they're not, surprisingly. Yeah. Well, we certainly know that uh, air pollution is a concern, creating everything from emphysema and bronchitis, COPD issues, to all kinds of cancers, and yet we continue to pollute the air. So human beings are slow to change. We're very resistant to change, especially if we're tempted with really cool technology, you know. That's why we're raising these concerns on a radio station like KPFK when the commercial media who is sponsored by many of these big corporations is less likely to do so. Now, talk about canary in a coal mine. We do have people that are already suffering the effects of EMF, and that's why I wanted Jose to be with us today. How did you find out, Jose, how did you figure out that your health concerns, your personal health problems, were the result of having a uh, cell phone tower out right outside your window? It was not um, a very straightforward process. Uh, first, because I worked in telecoms for about 15 years, and um, I have never been uh, faced with the situation or with information that this would be um, uh, dangerous. Uh, so we have certain um, uh, rules, certain standards to follow, and I just uh, just trusted the information I received. So when I, I moved to a, a new place about um, three years ago, more or less, I knew that there was an antenna very close to me, about 50 meters, but I really never um, uh, paid much attention. I thought it was okay because people build the, the, the devices uh, under safety uh, standards. So I was trusting this. But uh, after a few months, I started getting more tired. I didn't want to go out anymore. I was feeling a little bit depressed. I was not sleeping properly, having a lot of symptoms like internal heating and so on. And it was a very long process. Then I, it was initially, it was by experimenting 
that I was not feeling okay. I needed to relax, to go um, outside, to to take some breaks in the countryside. And then I was feeling better. And then immediately after I get in the apartment, I was getting strong headaches again. And wow, what, what's happening? So I started um, exploring the issue and I went to the doctor. I did medical exams and so on. And only at some point I started questioning, uh, could it be the antenna? Because I, I know and I've heard that some people can be more sensitive. So I made the experiment and I moved um, for longer periods outside the, the apartment and after a few days uh, in the, these other places I was feeling much better again and then I, I found out that I was really getting very um, uh, impacted by this uh, proximity of the antenna and I just bought a device to measure the, 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 the strength of the signal and I was shocked because I thought it was at safe levels and it was not. So uh, that was my wake-up call, uh, if I can uh, say like that. And then I started exploring and I realized there's so much literature about it. There is really a lot of information, not specifically about 5G, but then I realized what was the problem uh, that way. I think one of the things we need to emphasize about 5G besides the specter of 50,000 satellites in orbit around the Earth emanating these high frequencies, is that because the power is lower, they need more transmitters. And this includes relay stations in individual buildings and sometimes in schools and... I was also surprised to find that this technology is so advanced that when a call comes through for you, let's say, that signal on 5G can be directed toward the individual from the local tower. And <laughs> this is a pretty, usually we think of an RF wave, a radio wave being broadcast omnidirectionally in all directions, it's pretty complicated to be able to focus a radio wave in a single direction. It involves phasing and all kinds of uh, complex math and science that I can't get into here and don't pretend to understand. I know radio stations have done it for years, but just the proliferation of all of these cell towers and relay stations and then of course the telephone itself that we hold right against the side of our head what is the awareness like in europe you're born in portugal you live in switzerland jose how would you rate or rank the awareness in europe of this whole issue I think the, it's very low. There is a lot of um, pressure from the, the companies to deploy this technology because there's a lot of business involved. So there's a lot of propaganda. And even myself as a telecom engineer, I was not, uh, I was never um, explained that the, the safety levels are really um, uh, not applied correctly. So there's a mix of things here. So people in the field like myself, we trust that this is not uh, harmful. And then there's a lot of propaganda, a lot of um, 
of lobbying in the industry to push these technologies. So people just uh, get used to this and they, they think it's safe. And because we don't feel it uh, immediately in our body, we just can't explain what's going on. Then we go to the doctor, we think it's something else, but it's uh, a lot uh, coming from this exposure. And uh, by the way, uh, Michael, let me just do a little correction. There is a little misunderstanding about how the 5G works. Is that uh, in order to make the, the transmission very effective, we have to put the, the antennas very close. But that doesn't mean that uh, an antenna that is uh, a bit far away, that it will not affect you. Because one thing is the quality of the, the signal, the quality of the data that uh, we can transmit and the bandwidth. The other is the actual harm, harm, um, harmful effects of being exposed to any type of radiation, even if the antenna is a bit further away. So even um, this sometimes is a bit uh, misunderstood by the general public. And even for myself, I didn't, uh, I didn't know until I start exploring this. And this is a real problem. Uh, so I, I'm concerned that this is solo. I even have uh, uh, friends with uh, small kids that they are happy to have the, the 5G. They want to buy the new technology and they think it's safe. And I cannot do anything if they believe it. What can I say? <laughs> it's very hard to convince people now. And uh, Michael, they're also working on technologies now direct from the satellites to the cell phones and bypassing some of the relay stations. There's a lot of unknowns still about 5G. So they're still working on a number of different configurations. Well, here's the catch-22 in all of this. Not to suggest that it's any less complex of an issue than it really is, but part of the problem, I guess, better said, is that the corporations that stand to profit from all of this are pressuring the government to lower the regulations that we have had in effect and there's little incentive for private corporations and even research universities to do the study. Who's going to fund a study that's going to show that this technology is dangerous? So the industry can fall back on, well, we don't see any science about it being a problem. Yeah, because you're not funding the science. And if the telecom corporations funded it, it would be suspicious anyway. The tendency of big corporations and in government itself to be corrupt just because of the nature of the way power corrupts. I don't think there's any question anymore about the degree of corruption in the world in democracies as well as autocracies. And so we ought to be concerned. What a wonderful thing that the three of us can get together and that there are organizations in the United States, in Europe, in Australia, in Asia, of uh, concerned people. And I want to talk a little bit about the Orwellian aspect of this also, the tracking and the ranking in China. But let's take a, a this is unbelievable. This is right out of science fiction, this very dystopian uh, concept uh, is already happening in China. We're going to talk more about that when we come back. I guess Jose Cordoza, he's in Zurich today and from Colorado, David Goldberg. We're talking about 5G 
and the potential hazards that it represents to human health, to the environment, the ecology. And in a minute, we're going to talk about the big brother aspect of tracking us and ranking us. And so stay with us. This is KPFK, the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School on 90.7. We'll be right back. This is KPFK. Because she understood her language, the next day she quit the job. Took it off the table. The Aware Show with Lisa Gar. That's fantastic. That's interesting. I love it. It really does. It really does show you answers to things. Because she understood the dream, she uh, acted on it like the next morning. How can we expedite that and remember our dreams more? The Aware Show with Lisa Gar. Wednesday and Thursday afternoons at 1. This is KPFK. And we're back on KPFK, the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. I'm Michael Benner, and we're talking today about, well, it's almost like science fiction, but it's science fact. The future is here, and it's accelerating at such an enormous rate that it's really difficult to keep track of. And a lot of the social benefits are really cool. I love GPS. I just think it's the coolest thing ever. And cell phones. Uh, frankly, I resisted getting a smartphone 20 years ago. I didn't want to do it. But increasingly, it became imperative that I had to have one. I couldn't call an Uber car without a smartphone. That's why I got one originally. And then more and more things you had to get online. Again, once this is all established and we're all internet-dependent, it's hard to back off. It's hard to find what's appropriate, hard to find a balance. There used to be in California 20 years ago an Office of Appropriate Technology. When Jerry Brown was governor the first time around, well, that went away. That was this idealistic uh, 1980s view of the world based on a concept that small is beautiful. Great book by E.F. Schumacher. But that seems like the distant past now. The idea of appropriateness and balance has given way to this head-on rush for faster internet speeds and more cool gadgets. And It is exciting. It's easy to be swept away, but Somewhere along the lines, we got to put on the brakes, slow down, and take a look at what is all this electromagnetic radiation, this RF or EMF, radio frequency, electromagnetic fields and frequencies. What's that doing to the environment? Just like we were concerned about air quality and acid rain in the ozone layer and greenhouse gases, our awareness of our impact on the planet and the environment is also growing. But the question is, will it keep up with the accelerating rate of technology? And are we going to be tempted by the goodies, by the trinkets, and by the high tech? And of course we will. We love this stuff. But That's why we're talking about it today and calling for you to be more aware, to do your Google research and maybe even go to the old school library and read a book or two, talk to your friends. This is not about conspiracy theories. This is about a call 
for more science. David, one of the more Orwellian aspects of all of this is already happening in China, and that's the use of cell phones to track citizens and as if that weren't scary enough to actually socially rank citizens to encourage behavior, to be a good little German, as they used to say, right? Tell us what you've learned about this as it's happening already in the People's Republic of China. So they are definitely using 5G technology to do this social scoring system, which means they have, you know, stations set up throughout the country tracking every individual in China. And as you said, based on their behaviors, they assign a score to them. So if you jaywalk, you're going to get a negative score. And if you do something good, like associate with the right people and obey the laws and do everything that society wants you to do, you're going to get a higher score. When you have the higher score, you are allowed to do what we would like to do in, in society and travel, uh, get, you know, attend events, things like that. But when you don't have a good score, you are prevented from doing those things. So they stop you from buying certain airline tickets and uh, and getting able to attend events and things like that. I think they have sold it to the population as something good. And the people in China don't seem to mind this. They say, well, it it encourages good behavior. So we, we don't mind all being tracked. My fear is they were going to, they're so brilliant here in this country too about making things appear just so uh, innocuous, like, like 5G now, all the commercials now about 5G. It tells you you can have it all and it's, it's not complicated. And I think if the media or whoever else is selling this, if they, they'll find ways to sell it to us here in the U.S. that we may just go along with this as well. But in China, this is real. It's happening. It's not conspiracy stuff. This is part of their everyday life in China right now. There is a concern, and I'm hearing it on the right, oddly. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised I'm hearing it on the right. I'm, I, I, I am more surprised that I'm not hearing about it from the left, and that is the COVID pass in the United States. It seems to be starting with local businesses that are requiring in some states and in some communities that you have to show uh, your that ticket they give you when you get your second COVID shot. You have to show that to prove that you're, you've received both of your vaccinations before you can eat in this restaurant or before you could attend this baseball game or concerts or whatever. And that may not be as high tech as what we're talking about happening already in China, but it's just one step away from it. It's still this idea, this is very un-American, that you have to comply with a government regulation in order to attend certain events. And then the other people who, again, are willing to do what they're told and behave and and comply, 
they get all these perks and advantages. They get a discount on their groceries. They, as you say, they get a, a special airline fare or permission to attend a big concert or whatever. And, and um, the beginnings of that are already happening here. Like the police are using this kind of technology for what they're calling predictive uh, crimes where they they can actually profile people based on the data they collect and use that to try to predict who is going to commit a crime and possibly even arrest people before they do. Now, then um, they say the technology is accurate, maybe up to 90% or something, but, you know, that last 10%, uh, it's not a good thing when they're wrong. So, but the idea of this technology tracking everything you do and then using the data to predict is very disturbing. Now, when this was first presented to me a few months ago, this Chinese tracking and ranking system, I thought, well, as long as democracy works, as long as we're in control of electing our, you know, I sound so naive admitting this, but I'm thinking, you know, as long as we can elect our representatives and the, we have a government of, by, and for the people. This is never going to happen here. But then somebody pointed out to me, yeah, but guess who's making the machinery? And, Jose, this is where you can step in and explain that a lot of the hardware is being made in China, purchased by countries in Europe. So even if the government is responsible to the people and would never do such a thing, China could be pulling this data through a back door and gathering it. Why don't you explain some of these concerns? Yeah, I think technically it's very easy to, to collect this information. It's not a problem at all. Uh, and I can even add that um, by, by law, certain equipments uh, like mobile phone systems and other communication systems they are required to um, to allow to record the the, the communications uh, in case they need to investigate someone uh, for security reasons. All they need is uh, an authorization from uh, the court uh, to activate this. But any company or any people working in these systems, they can activate the systems and collect the information. And even uh, they say it's for maintenance or for quality purposes, they can collect the data uh, to, to get some metrics if the quality is good or not, but they can use it in many different ways. And uh, this is really easy. It's not a technical problem. It's just sometimes that we are not aware they are collecting this information. And not only can China, you were, you were saying to me before we went on the air that because the state-owned factories are building a lot of this equipment for outside China, for the world, for Europe, for America, that not only can they pull that data, but hackers could have access to that data as well. Yeah, anyone that has access, they can do. But here in Europe, it's not just China. Um, in Europe, there are also a lot of technology being um, developed, for example, for facial recognition, so that you can go into the shops and then you can make a profile uh, in real time of this person and maybe associate with some uh, data that you have. 
and try to figure out the mood of the person, the needs of the person, and then uh, display publicity uh, for them to lead them to buy certain things. This technology is already being developed and used in, in certain um, in certain stores, even in Europe. I, I know this. I, I've, I've been investigating. This technology exists right now. Uh, it's not China. It's, it's everywhere they are doing this. Right. So, Michael, even if we, let's say, don't ever get to that point where they institute a social scoring system here, we are talking about, I mean, 5G really is all about collecting data, data they talk about being the new oil, that everyone is going to be tracked. That is probably the primary reason for having 5G. We have cellular networks, we're going to have internet, but they're talking about really the data aspect of it and collecting data on every citizen, which is gold, which can be sold to companies. That is more of the pressing concern even prior to the social scoring system. Yeah, I would agree with that, uh, David. And this uh, this 5G technology will allow to increase the connectivity of the systems. There is a, a prediction of $13 trillion uh, over the next uh, 10 years uh, for this business. It's a lot of money, a lot of interest around it. They are not uh, interested in the security or in the safety at all. Let me play devil's advocate for a minute. <laughs> okay. And... Uh, I have privacy concerns, but I'm not sure why. I don't really have anything to conceal. I don't care if somebody knows even my health condition. I understand there's potential that uh, I could be discriminated against. I could pay more in insurance. I could pay a higher interest rate on loans. But that's sort of getting into the weeds. How do you guys respond to somebody who says, eh, so what? I, I don't care if they collect data on me or information about me. I, I got nothing to hide. I, I, I obey the law. I cross at the corner. I, <laughs> you know, I'm not dealing meth out of the garage. What do I have to worry about? Yeah, but, but Michael, what what we're saying is the common sense. Most of the people are well behaved and have good intentions. But the problem is that most of these uh, big companies, they are profit-oriented and just want to maximize the profit and they don't um, care about what they do. So they can have all these systems that are going to impact our health uh, just uh, with the, the, the excuse that they are going to offer uh, some benefits. So in the end, they are going to pro proliferate with multiple devices that is going to impact your health. So this is, uh, is a big concern. Even if you don't have anything to hide, they can even manipulate you by leading you to buy certain food, uh, foods or certain things and then can even uh, block people or restrict the information that is going to be displayed to certain people based on this uh, information. You see this, for example, with Facebook. They can change the, the decisions on the elections of people. And then it's because they have access to this data. They can manipulate us in a big way. And this is, uh, I think, a fallacy. It's something that is people well-minded, um, uh, uh, with good intentions. They don't care, but in the end, it's very bad for them. And That's a very good answer. David, how would you respond to that? I think I would say, Michael, that I just 
innately have a problem with Big Brother watching me all the time. Now, particularly if they're going to start making decisions on how I can interact in society like they do in China. But even if they'd never got down that road, just the fact that I am being monitored, tracked all the time, my, da my data is being sold, it's being manipulated, as Jose said, uh, I just have a, a very deep problem that I'm being watched and being tracked and uh, that just rubs me the wrong way. I don't want to be in a society. I think that goes against our democratic principles and uh, our freedoms. You know, I think we all want freedom ultimately. And with that, we're starting to give it away. Hey, you can do what you want. Take my data, sell it uh, as long as, you know, you treat me okay. But I, I just have a problem with that whole idea of Big Brother watching. Well, it's an upside-down model. I've watched for 30 years the confusion that's been generated in America over so-called trickle-down economics and the idea that multinational corporations are job creators, when in fact it's the consumer who is the job creator who creates the demand for goods and services. And so in that same sense, socially, we're not here to serve corporations or governments. They're here to serve us. The fundamental institution should be the family, the individual and her family and his family. We need to keep our priorities straight. Who's working for whom? Corporatocracy is not why we're here. It leads to a police state and uh, George Orwell and many other writers have delineated, as have the two of you. I think you've done a very good job of discussing the risks and disadvantages. It doesn't seem like a strong enough word, disadvantage. The terrifying potential of this kind of technology in terms of government and, again, to Go back to our initial concern, the impact on the environment, a honeybee collapse, human reproduction, and individually on cancer and heart disease and diabetes and uh, skin cancer. And the impact of microwaves on our eyes is something we haven't even discussed. We could wake up one morning and realize the whole world is going blind and again, that sounds like some crazy QAnon conspiracy theory, but the eyes are one of the concerns when we talk about the impact of RF at a millimeter frequency, right, Jose? That's right. Even my my eyes, I mean, I, I suffered so in so many things. I had so many uh, bad uh, symptoms. Sometimes I even forgot, forgot about it. But uh, my eyes were a severe impact also, yeah. I had to change the prescription twice. And uh, it's still not uh, very good now. Uh, I, I get a lot of, um, how to say, um, pain in the eyes if I stay too long in the computer. Uh, I have to relax a lot um, frequently. Uh, it's, it's a mess, really. I think people uh, don't understand also because the technology has evolved so fast that is even difficult for people to understand exactly what's going on. And uh, I got sometimes a lot of different questions in terms of the technology because there are so many things around it that people even confuse the terms 
and then can easily uh, misunderstand. They can think it's safe while it's uh, really not safe at all. Well, gentlemen, you've both done a fine job, I think, of presenting uh, cursory, though it may be, some of the main concerns about this super advanced technology. David, how can people find out more information? You're part of a coalition of, what do we say, anti-5G groups. How can people plug into that? Uh, you got a website for us or a way that people can contact uh, and, and get involved with these groups that are concerned? Yeah, I can give you my email address would be one may, one way, Michael, if that works. And then uh, a really good website to to learn about what's going on and to even sign a an appeal. It's called the International Appeal to Stop 5G on Earth and in Space. If you Google that, again, the International Appeal to Stop 5G on Earth and in Space, it's loaded with information and and links to studies that show some of the effects of uh, radio frequency radiation. You can email me at dgoldberg36 at gmail, and I can get you hooked in there. Uh, I was also going to say, just as for things that people can do, you know, getting in touch with their own local city councils and legislators in their state, there is a website all set up to do that. It's called solutionsforhumanity.net where you actually can go right to click right on your state and it'll, it'll bring up your legislators that you can write to. And there are sample letters and things that uh, it's taking a step forward. There's, there's a lot of steps to be taken, but dealing with your, your representatives is certainly one of those ways. You are listening to listener sponsored free speech radio. Uh, see when we do the fun drives, and we ask for your support, this is why. You're not going to hear this on CNN or MSNBC. Is certainly not going to hear it on Fox or Newsmax. I read an article in Scientific American to prepare for this, and it was a horrible article. It ended, imagine, Scientific American, and it ended with, if you have a concern, don't use a cell phone which is about the stupidest thing. I mean, we're still talking about putting 55,000 satellites in Earth orbit. I couldn't believe it. So there's a lot here for you to study, and I hope you will get involved and continue to listen to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School every Tuesday at 1 p.m. on 90.7 KPFK. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other from Los Angeles. This is Michael Benner, and you're listening to KPFK-FM in Los Angeles. Hey, this is Brad.